Hey guys, Alex Lokes here from Classic Camera Revival, and if you have been a fan of our show for quite a while, you know we have a fondness for chemistry, mostly that of the alcoholic kind. But today we are going to be talking about that wonderful chemistry that we use to develop our black and white film. So let's dive into the tank and get agitating. Coming to you live from Toronto, Canada, this is the Classic Camera Revival. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you certainly will after listening to our show. All right, so first of all, um, before we start, we need to put on our science hats to understand exactly how the black and white film processing goes. And this is where black and white magic and art meets science. So I actually remember sitting in the FPP studios in Butler, New Jersey back in 2011 and hearing Dan Domi talk on the subject. And at that point, it went right over my head. And when we decided to do an episode about this, everything started coming flooding back to me. So let's break this down as simply as possible. What makes film sensitive to light is... um a chemical called silver halide, which is actually a form of silver and bromide. And these form these crystalline objects that are either a cubic or T-grain, depending on what film you have. And one of them is positively charged, one of them is negatively charged. So when this silver halide is exposed to light, the bromide actually ejects an electron, and this electron is attracted to imperfections within the crystal itself. And the more it collects, the more the silver collects to it, thus darkening the crystal, forming on your film base this latent image. So the next thing you really have to do is reduce to from a silver halide to a metallic silver, and that's done through a developer or reducer. And the most common ones that you see these days is metal and hydroquinine. And there are a whole bunch of others. Um, there's P-amphrasol, glycine, pyrogalol, catchall, and this essentially will, through oxidation as well, will not have like that nice shiny silver that you see but a black silver. That's the oxidation working on it as well. So once you're done that, the film is still light sensitive because there's a bunch of silver halide left on it that has not been exposed to light. So you need to wash that off using a fixer. And that is done through um, a sodium thiosulfate, which basically makes the silver halide water-soluble, which is why you then have to wash your film afterwards. And you can reduce that by using HypoClear. That's the basics. If you want more, definitely check out our show notes. Um, I have done a whole write-up on there. So let's get right into it to probably the developer that every single person around the table has probably started with, myself included, and that is Kodak D76. Now, Kodak D76 is... Not the oldest developer out there, but it is definitely an old one. Um, it first came out from Kodak in about the 1920s, and it's a uh, metal-based developer, but it also has a supercharger in it called Hydroquinone. 
Now, there is a slower version of it called D23, which is probably the most basic developer that you can make at home because it's just metal, sodium sulfite, and hydrous sodium sulfate. Make sure to get the anhydrous stuff. It doesn't work if you use the other stuff. Um, but yeah, I I started with D76 and I sort of drifted away from it, but now I'm starting to come back because D76 is really a fantastic developer. I agree. And you know what? I'm I don't I'm not a fan of D76 myself, but that's me. I'm it's it's got nothing to do with the developer itself. I highly recommend anybody that is starting with film developing to use something like D76 or Ilford's ID11. And one of the biggest reasons is there's it, it's been used by so many photographers you're pretty much guaranteed that if you pick up a, a film there will be times in d76 for that film it's every just, single film out there it is it is a bulletproof developer it is so it has been just beaten up it has been used by the world around whether you you're a professional amateur or you're just starting out in, in film it is just one of those developers that honestly you will learn a lot with yeah, I've been using D76. Oh, crap. When did I start? I think I started, my first developer was HC110, but we'll be talking about that in a later episode. Uh, D76, I got into that <coughs> because I just sort of, you know, you, you get bored and you say, okay, let's, you know, this is the classic developer out there. It makes Kodak Tri-X and HP5 shine. Uh, it's but any cubic grained film, they're just made for each other. And D76 is silly easy to mix up if you're buying it from Kodak. It just comes in a lovely packet. It makes you one U.S. gallon or 3.78 liters. And uh, really the hard part is just making sure the water's hot enough so you can dissolve the, the crystals and you... Just, yeah. Mix up, and that's it. ID11, it's a two-part solution. And if you're really crazy and you buy the photographer's formulary version of D76, uh, they'll just give you every chemical in, in individual packets, and you just got to mix as you go. As a developer, as Mike pointed out, it is a... Um, a it will give you a baseline. Yep, for everything. And from there, you can sort of branch off if you're looking to develop. I generally use a one-to-one -one strength, which is basically one part D76 stock solution and one part water, and off I go. Uh, there are the rare occasions I'll go stock if, the, if it's just like uh, a really, really slow time and I really don't feel like wasting like, you know, 20, 25 minutes with one-to-one, -one, I'll go to the stock and, you know, we'll, we'll speed it up a little bit. Yep. Well, that's just it. It's the addition of the hydroquinone that really helped D76 drop those times. And if you have the D76 times, you just reduce those times by 30% and you have your D23 times because D23 is basically D76 without the borax, which helps make the environment a little more alkaline and the hydroquinone as a supercharger. One thing I like about D76, even though I'll admit it's been years since I've used it, it was the like the very first time I developed my own film, which would have been sometime in 1976 as a as a young high school student. The thing I like about it is it's it's a very kind of vanilla developer. Like it 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 has some solvent action to smooth out the grain, but not so much that it's mushy. Yeah, uh, it's a good it's it's a great compromise. 
And there's always a danger. If you're getting into photography, there are so many developers out there that you can get basically down one rabbit hole after another. And D76 is a great developer to use when you're learning how to develop, when you're learning how to use a camera. You know, why throw in extra variables until until you need yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And like I say, whenever I test um, a new film stock, I always start with D76. Well, that's a great idea. Is you know, D seventy six. I too haven't, like John, I haven't, I haven't used it in gosh over a decade, probably. But it is a well balanced, yeah. like great overall uh, developer. Um, one of the key things that I remember using about D, with D seventy six is that it's accurate to box speed. Yep, of the film, hands down. Yeah, whereas you get into Xtal, Xtal, I think is it, it speeds film up a little bit, yep. depending on dilution. But D seventy six is very, very consistent. Yeah. And again, D76, D23, super easy to make at home. You can order the um, raw chemicals direct from Photographer's Formulary. I mean, D23, to make up a liter of it, is just 7.5 grams of uh, metal, 100 grams of sodium sulfate, and hydrous. And then you just throw in water up to a liter. So you start with 750 milliliters at about 125 Fahrenheit, and then you bring it up to a liter. To make D seventy six, you add in five grams of grams of uh, hydroquinone and two grams of um, granular borax, and you're good to go. And granular borax is super easy to find. You, it's pool shock. Well, the other thing with D seventy six, it is a con. I find it's a contrast to your developer a little bit on right. days like this when it's kind of overcast outside. It may not hurt. You just dilute it one to one, and you'll smooth it all out. There you go. <laughs> And again, yeah, I've I've heard of people doing even stand developing in D seventy six. Really? Yeah, but I mean, they've diluted it right now and stuck it in their fridge. Oh, jeez. I mean, I've had to uh, mix up D seventy six, and I'm like, oh no, I I I need D seventy six. I'm out. Thankfully, there was a snowbank at the back door, and I just shoved it in there. And after developing the first four rolls of film, it was cold enough <laughs> because Canada. So, going from the old to the new, one of the last developers ever produced by Kodak, brand new, would have been Xtal, and that came out in um, 1996, and it was truly the first genuinely brand new developer out of Kodak since HC-110. Um, and what set it really apart was that it didn't use hydroquinone as that supercharging agent to really help the developing action it used a derivative of ascorbic acid called phenidone yeah um essentially vitamin c and um prevent scurvy and develop your film absolutely now initially it was um, released by kodak in one liter kits five liter kits and 50 liter kits but they ran into some problems with the packaging of the one liter kits that actually made it more difficult to mix in water so they quickly can yeah. that now you have the two pouch five liter kit five liter kits and you can still get the 50 liter kits and again the 50 liter kits really designed for um, commercial lab yeah operations i mean i kept my five liter kits in a jerry can yeah. that i bought from canadian tire yeah hey why not well it, it was a i think the, my windshield washer uh, yeah. uh jugs 
That works too. In I think, or I multiple think, bottles. Yeah. I think Toronto Image works. I think they use Extol for their developing. Oh, pretty much. Oh, Extol is a great. I mean, it is. I think it. It well, I think it replaced D seventy six as the all around developer. Genu- generally, you know, yeah. It's uh, as as you mentioned, Alex. It's it's a phenidone ascorbic acid uh, type of developer. It's extremely well buffered. Um, what I find with Extol is it. Um, uh, it uh, depending on your dilution, it will give you the full film speed. Yeah, um, and um, up to I think about half half a stop more. Yep. Um, so you can kind of put it in that sort of speed enhancing category, if you will. Um, I think Extol when you use Extol at stock, uh, it's a little bit sharper and finer grained than D seventy six. Yes, but it maintains a similar tonality. Um, uh, being a solvent based developer, um, uh, the more you dilute it, uh, sudden death syndrome. Well, actually with solvent based, di- uh, developers, the more you dilute it, you actually increase, uh, accutants and grain, yep. uh, because you're actually reducing the solvent effect of yeah. the developer. So you're actually reducing less, right? Kodak actually says we don't recommend using it any more dilute than one to one. Yeah. 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 Yet- and, and that's one of the biggest reasons yeah. is. It dies almost yeah. instantly. It's oh yeah. Just, Once your Xtol sure. is dead, you're done. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but one thing, like if you were to use it at say one one to three, you're going to get extremely sharp uh, sharp images and a and uh, a smaller increase in grain. So you're going to get almost like a really very pleasing version of Rodinol uh, mm. out of it. So uh, of course you go to one one to three. I mean you're going to chuck it afterwards. But you know, well, I, I mean I you know Xtol. I would hope anyone using Extol out there because you're mixing five liters at a time. It's uh, it's use and dump. So uh, that's yeah. all I yeah. do. Like that's what I do. Use it. I use the X. I think ninety five percent of the time it's Extol one to one, and it's a one shot developer for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy to mix up. Unlike D seventy six, you do not have to like. I think it's like seventy to eighty degrees Fahrenheit for yeah. the mixing for temperature. The mix, so right. it's, yeah, it's, it's not a, too bad. Too bad. It's easy range. to mix up. No, it's easier warm mix- water, basically. Yeah. You know, like you're not heating heating water Bath up water. in a separate. Yeah, most hot water tank systems. And I've never really had Extol like the condo. the stock solution die on me. But again, I decamp mine. Well, I keep my you know some in like the accordion AP accordion ta- jars, and I've got. A whole load of like one uh, five hundred and one two hundred fifty millimeter plastic jars that I decant down a bunch into. I've had X tall for like eight or nine months, and it's still good. Oh yeah, it's a great developer. Like, and and the nice thing, what I like about X tall in the tank is, so let's say you have a very contrasty negative, um, so you can control highlight development through agitation very very well. Absolutely, with X tall because of the solvent. Uh, and highly buffered developer that yep. it is. So if you have highlights that are going to burn out, um, obviously manage your agitation to prevent any bromide drag or anything like that, but don't agitate it very hard. So if you have no. highlights that you want to preserve in your negative and you're using Extol, um, and let's say you're using a Patterson system, uh, use the swizzle stick. Yep. Uh, don't don't invert, uh, just uh, twist, yeah. basically. Good to know. Yeah, no, that was the one thing that I noticed with um, when I was doing uh, Extol development. If I did the inversions, I'd lose my highlights. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I've always avoided using the swizzle stick, but yeah. when I started using that... There are a few developers out there that are very sensitive to highlight uh, yeah. development. Um, 
another one that comes to mind is diaphine. Like diaphine, yep. I, I barely agitate it. I, I, well, I don't invert it. I, I barely, I turn it very gently with the, yep. uh, uh, with the stick. And that's just to, you know, what you're trying to do. Um, so as, as highlights develop, uh, the, the developer that is in close proximity to those highlights will exhaust faster. Yes. So the more you agitate, you're replenishing, uh, yeah. uh those areas. And, and, um, the silver halide uh, around the uh, highlight area, so the latent image is going to be much more intense. Uh, so the reaction is going to be um, uh, also much more intense around, mm-hmm. and that's going to just it's going to reduce your your silver uh, latent image away with the highlights. So you try not you try to leave those exhausted chemicals in those areas in the highlight areas as much exactly. as possible. And that's sort of, that's a theory behind stand development as well. But with Xtol. If you're very gentle with those agitations and reduce them when you have situations like that, it works extremely well. Oh, definitely. And um, honestly, Xtol is the one developer that I miss the most because I just don't have the room to store a five liter container of it. Yeah. Anymore. Uh, Well, you know what? There's so many other, like I think as you progress into film photography, you tend to move away from the general purpose you chemicals. Figure so you, you figure like. out what you like. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I can achieve the results I liked with Xtol with other development. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've, we've sort of bounced from old to the newest. So let's kind of go to the middle. And one of the biggest mystery developers that Kodak has is TMAX developer. Um, I can find history on D76, D23, Xtol, but I cannot find any history on TMAX Developer. The only real release date I can probably think of that it would have been late 80s, 86, when TMAX film first... I think that was the whole marketing push. Get that brand consistency. So (laughs) this was a developer. It's um, a liquid-based developer, so it would be based on glycol. Um similar to HC-110. Um, and when the T-grain emulsion, that is, is no longer that cubic grain, it's actually a T-grain, the crystal itself is a T-shape. Um, so you have um, the two main ones are T-Max from Kodak, Delta Films from Ilford. T-Max developer is one I never used that much of, again, until recently, when I really found that it does great for push processing um because it has that semi-compensating nature to it and you know i love tmax 100 in tmax developer hands down foma 400 at full box speed great in tmax developer it's just it's not economical because you have two dilutions you have one to four you have one to nine and I've tried the one to nine, and I've developed Tmax four hundred, Tmax one hundred in it. I can't stand it, so I get like five rolls of film, one twenty out of a bottle, and I'm paying like thirty bucks. I'm gonna jump in because I'm gonna have a sort of a controversial opinion, but it, it I think it, it's it bears out experience. Is that uh, yeah? I agree. I'm not a big fan of one to nine in it. The one to four is the best. Yeah, I have found. And the other people online have borne this out that with the one to four solution, uh, I can reuse it. 
Really? Uh, yeah. Really? What? Really? Because huh. that's a stock. You can mix it as a stock solution, and Good you just point. keep reusing it again. Well, I, and I, again I find and I mix again. I mix it one to four, huh. and I will normally, if something's really important, I won't make that the third time of use. But if, even let's say if you're using it this, that solution twice. Do the math. It's like one to eight. Uh, right. If you can do three times, it's uh, it's it's one to it's like one to twelve. So right. Like I, I try like filter. So the are solution. you are you increasing your development time? Uh, for the third time, I'll add like maybe twenty seconds or something. Interesting. But second, this this yeah. the second time it's. Uh, it's fine, but the thing is, I wouldn't leave it for, like for six weeks. Yeah, this is like no, if I've got a bunch not. of film to well, use, twenty four hours, thirty six at most. That's very interesting. I know when um, when T Max first came out, like they did actually offer T Max RS, which was the replenisher for it. I had a bottle of that sitting around for yeah. so long, and then it started leaking, and I'm like, nope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So T Max developer is actually. When you mix it, it says right on there to make a stock solution. And as a stock solution in a full bottle, it should keep for about six months sealed. And then um, as you start to go through it, they say it's about three months from start to finish. So are you... But it's... When you're mixing the stock... It's it's one to four. It's one to four. Yes, you make a one to four stock. You pour it in and and you can actually pour it right back into your stock solution. Absolutely. (laughs) And it tells you on it... On yeah, the jug itself, it does how have many it rolls on the jug. You, you can get through on the stocks. I really should yep. read the jug more, but I, I too. <laughs> well, like I, I think actually Mike was the one that got me started with T Max oh, developer. T-Max. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. It's the it's developer. Yeah. I really cut jugs. my teeth on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I really did. I cut my teeth on T Max yeah. developer, and I learned I, how to use it. Like I've yeah. gone dilutions, anything one to one to nine, one to fourteen, one to twenty four. I've even gone as far as one to four. I, I prefer the one but, to four personally. Uh, yeah, what, what John said and yeah. i know john uses the legacy pro sometimes uh, the lmax the i haven't i haven't yep. i have a packet of it i haven't used that oh, okay. one yet I've, I've used the yep. legacy pro equivalents uh for uh, for xtol which is pretty good actually yeah yeah, yeah. and cheaper i've yeah. really i've used the legacy wow. pro for both the t-max and hc 110 developers yep. and compared side to side it's the same it's the same chemicals yeah it's the same cool. stuff yeah, and a plug for our friend uh, Jacques at Argentix.ca. He carries the Legacy Pro. Legacy Pro, yes, yeah. he does, and many, many other hard to find chemicals in Canada. Spur, spur, especially well, why? Yeah. Spur, oh he carries God. a full um, array of uh, lift develop paper lift mm-hmm. developers oh, yeah. and lit. Uh, film. He also sells a lot of Rolly developers as well. Yep, yep, and Fomadon and stuff like. Yeah. It's, it, he has yeah. like the weirdest selection of developers. But if you ever want to just say, hmm, "I'd like to try this," why well, he, not? And he's actually a good Good source for formulary stuff if you don't want to order direct from formulary yeah. up here. I, I order the, uh, I order my pyro developer through Jack. Yeah. Jack. Yeah. Oh, hands down. Well, um we've we've gone through three very common, very normal baseline developers, but um if you like the really weird stuff, stay tuned later this month. We will have part two. So until then, um Hey, we didn't talk about our good friends at Ilford. No. No, we didn't. But don't worry. Don't worry. We are not going to stop the chemistry talk for um the rest of the well, season. We did talk about ID 11. Oh, that is. We yeah, are ID 11 and D7 We are too. going to be bringing chemistry. We're going to be talking about Acufine and Diphine in a cool. future episode. Uh, microfin and um, Perceptol in another episode as secondary topics. So oh, Perceptol is my all-time favorite with Acros. Oh, 
I'm I'm a big fan of Microfin. So. I'd I'd like to see Microfin blue in uh, with Acris or or Ooh. Delta. I'd yeah. really like to see that. So don't worry. Um, just like the um, amount of alcohol we consume during these recording sessions, the amount of chemistry that we are going to be talking about is only going to increase through the rest of the season. So until then, my name's Alex Lokes, and remember, kids, don't mix up the scotch with the developer. This is Bill Smith. Don't blow your highlights. This is Mike Bataxi, and not from speaking from personal experience, but actually through uh, personal experience from a friend, do not get rodinol on your privates. Apparently it burns. This is Donna Bataxi. Keep that film rolling. Oh, boy. This is James Lee. Keep an eye on your inorganic and organic comp. This is John Meadows. I was waiting for something to develop, but I've got nothing. Just keep the rodinol out of your anus.